0: Launched Paddle back many years ago, and he was doing, trying many different things a marketplace, everything now really just all in on doing all these things. Critical for a SaaS company, serving 900 customers that have processed over 200 million bucks in terms of transactions through him over the past 12 months, taking about 5% of that. So he's pushing about a $10 million run rate today. Uh, they've been about 3XD over a year. They're burning cash, but that's okay. The economics look healthy. Net revenue retention, 125%, targeting a five-month payback period on new accounts. 140 people in London, again, raised about 20 million bucks to fuel growth. Hello everyone, my guest today is Christian Owens. He is the founder and CEO of Paddle. Before Paddle, he created his first software business from his bedroom at the age of 14. Having grown the business to over a million bucks in revenue, he decided to quit school at 16 to focus on building startups and founded Paddle when he turned 18. Christian, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. All right, tell us about Paddle. What's the company doing? What's the revenue model?
1: Um, So essentially, and kind of going to my background a little bit, started my first software company sort of really early. Through that process, noticed how um, kind of difficult it was selling software B2C and B2B um, all around the world. And no one was really building the infrastructure around like payments, taxes, operations, recurring billing, customer management, sort of optimization, like all of these tools um, specifically for SaaS businesses. Um, so, found that a reasonably interesting problem. Uh started focusing on that, founded the company in 2012, um, and have been kind of going from there. Revenue model is that we work with SaaS businesses, so kind of recurring revenue, um, but we take a transaction fee on all of the sort of their kind of volume ARR that flows through our platform.
0: Okay. So when you look over your past 12 months of revenue, what percent was pure SaaS, the flat rate SaaS fee versus your, your transaction model?
1: So we don't charge a flat rate SaaS fee. So we only charge a transaction model, but all of our transactions are on underlying recurring subscription. Rentals. Yeah,
0: so that's what I'm asking, right, is how much is the underlying, is there a difference or is it all underlying recurring subscription?
1: So the underlying businesses of the volume that we're purchasing is all underlying like monthly annual subscriptions of which with taking- a the businesses.
0: Yeah. So what I'm asking you is, so a lot of times people that follow this model, we've had a lot of other companies in this space on, they'll have a flat rate for a certain volume, right? So you're doing a million bucks or less than AR, you're going to pay a hundred bucks a month. Plus if you go over a million bucks in AR, you're going to pay us 2% of all your volume over that amount. Yeah. Do,
1: do you have that so model we, or not? No, no. So we charge a flat 5% across everything.
0: Okay. No matter what, if you do a dollar a month or if you do 500 million a month, you're, you're charging 5%. Correct. Okay. Um, that I, I assume that doesn't work at scale. If someone's doing a hundred million bucks in revenue, they're not going to pay you five percent.
1: So they do. So if you look at um, if you look at the aggregate costs of doing all of the functions that, that we provide, for example, payment processing across like r- regardless of underlying payment method, dealing with foreign exchange and currencies, we take all of the liability for risk and fraud. We pay the taxes for them um sort of like calculate and pay and remit sales taxes in 40 something different countries like if you actually look at a small scale if you're doing 100 grand a year sort of you don't really care how much it costs because it's probably cheaper than doing it yourself if you're doing 100 million bucks a year you can actually quantify the cost of like all of these different tools that you have to buy the amounts you're paying on kind of payment processor fees the teams that you're building internally the consultants that you have to pay to deal with Sort of international sales tax, whatever it might be. Is that more than um, 5 million? Yeah.
0: Okay, so you have customers at that level processing 100 million bucks or more through your platform, paying
1: 5%. No, so like right now, and this is deliberate, the largest probably does, I think, in the region of like 45 million ARR.
0: Okay, yeah, that, by the way, that like strikes me as like, I mean, this would, if I'm just starting a company, you're like a saving grace. I'm like, I have zero interest in setting all this crap up myself. Yeah. I'd much rather pay yeah. you 5%. But, I, but what I'm saying is like at some scale, like it may actually not, by the way, you might not have any interest in this customer segment, right? It, it, it seems like it's a harder decision to, ver- to, to say, yes, let's pay 5%. So I
1: think, I think there's like two aspects to this. Like one, we had the initial exact same assumption when we like started the business. So we started the business we were building the product for people who looked like us it was like a couple of people sure. in a bedroom starting the business they don't really care how much it costs and we always had the assumption sort of like probably around when we had the series A we still had the assumption um, that okay this is never going to be applicable to anybody who does five million bucks ten million bucks whatever the number is yep um, and then eventually every single time that we set one of those upper ceilings for ourselves we found that willingness to pay was still there because the complexity and the amount of like, resource these businesses are spending on solving the problem increases with their scale as well. Um, there, may, there may be a ceiling. We don't know what the ceiling is yet. We have kind of inbound interest that we turn away from companies who are doing one, two, just the dynamics of the product are slightly different and we don't necessarily want to um, kind of sort of go up market too quickly. Um, and alienate existing customer base, but sort of there is the demand there and it does exist.
0: So when you look over the past 12 months, like total, total kind of volume through your platform and are you in the billions yet or, or what, what's that number?
1: Uh, It's hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions.
0: Hundreds. Okay. Can we be a little more specific? I mean, is it like 400 million, 500 million?
1: Uh, it's less than 500 million.
0: Okay. Okay. But, but North of a hundred. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And, and walk me through. So 2012 was launch date. Did you pivot at all? Or was this always the concept from day one?
1: Uh, so very early concept was a version of this, but it had a bit more of like a consumer aspect to it in terms of like a marketplace for also discovering SaaS products. Um, we persisted with that, for like a year or so before we kind of shut down the B2C discovery aspect of it and focused all on the like backend infrastructure and tooling.
0: And what, um, what's the team size say, What have you scaled to? Uh,
1: we're a hundred and forty people. Oh, right oh, great. where's everyone based? Uh, all in London at the minute. Oh, great! And bootstrapped or have you raised capital? Uh, so we've raised twenty-four million. Oh, Christian, US. I
0: liked I liked you so much until you tell me you went to the dark side. You raised you raised capital, huh? Yeah. All right. Why why raise capital? Why couldn't you stick it out and bootstrap?
1: So, like, we started the business. <laughs> we raised like angel money at least. So we raised like one hundred and fifty k to begin with, uh, and then in the first sort of four years of our existence, like we'd raise we raised less than a million bucks. Um and then we and it's kind of with this realization that this actually does scale with company size, Of uh, like our ambitions got a bit bigger in terms of okay, we got our first company that was doing a million bucks through the platform and paying us sort of like significant revenue, does this scale? And then we got to the point where we realized it does. And then we were like, okay, we actually think that there is an opportunity for somebody to build Kind of this, almost sort of like the second most important piece of infrastructure that a software company buys, which is sort of like the business infrastructure to AWS's technical infrastructure, um, and that was sort of the motivation behind raising more money. Is sort of ambition kind of got a little bit bigger as we understood the market more.
0: And not not a horrible thing. Uh, what have you scaled to in terms of total customers today?
1: Uh, so it's around about nine hundred
0: and walk me through like how you've gotten these folks. Obviously you have a great story because you essentially built the software for yourself. Um, That story I'm sure sells, but walk me through. I mean, how are you getting customers today? What's the growth channel?
1: Yeah, so uh, first four years of the business, solely outbound sales and outbound sales in the loosest possible sense in terms of, we basically just talk to people who we like their products of or customers of already. Um, And the problem really resonates and then they buy it. Um, so we've like scaled that as a process for about 25, 30 people in sales today. Um, inbound marketing, sort of like all of that stuff is pretty new for us. Maybe 16, 18 months ago when we hired our first VP marketing, um, started to scale that team. It's about 10 people now. It's probably 20, 25% of new business uh-huh. is inbound versus the rest outbound today.
0: So you said 20% inbound? Yeah. Yeah. So how are you targeting when you, you you go outbound? Right. I mean, are you looking at like PitchBook and Owler and kind of ARR ranges or, or how do you target accounts?
1: So it like happens on two dimensions. So, yeah, there's the size dimension of kind of the real time that SaaS companies, if they're sub a million, sort of they experience this problem immediately. If they actually go to market, um, then like we wait for a trigger. So like the trigger might be that they raise money or they start to um, hire the sales team for the first time or really begin to scale new market or kind of whatever it is. So in terms of size, we actually on the outbound side, because the deals are bigger, we look at companies doing one to 30 million ARR and we talk to those businesses. And usually there's sort of some pain point or anticipated pain point as they're scaling that they want to address that's not really working for them right now. They're kind of throwing people at it um, and sort of they're realizing that they're spending a bunch of engineering resource on this problem. So there's the size bracket. And then sort of like the, the second like thing that we look at is, is kind of what's this like compelling event? Like, are they in growing internationally for the first time? Have they sort of, have they announced like, that we've got a bunch of big customers in like Japan and then we visit the website from a Japanese IP and it's not localized. They don't support the payment method. Sort of. Uh, they don't support the currency, whatever it might be. Maybe there's a regulation change, or of sort of like, or a forced regulation change. They open an office in a new country that changes how they think about like sales tax or something. If they actually have a nexus, or like they don't. So like any of these compelling events, and then we just we use a ton of data from um, like Crunchbase, the stuff that you do, um, Aula, like all of these things to get kind of these signals. Um, you're talking about you're talking out. about,
0: and when you say what I do, you're talking about the, the database at GitLACA?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Love that. It's great.
1: Yeah, so like we use all of we like use all of these signals. We build our own internal database um, of these things. We track a bunch of other stuff, like what tools are they using, because some of those things can be indicative of um, like changes in the business or like maturity in the business. So they just, they, they just swapped out intercom for something else. Yeah. So you're you're using
0: just, like Siftery or built with, or, or, you yeah, know, exactly. one of these companies. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Talk to me about, so economics here is critical, right? So, so churn, and, and I don't want to talk about logo churn here because I'm sure you have customers that like did 1 million last year. Now they're doing 500 grand. It's not logo churn, but that's, that's revenue churn for you. So what's your revenue churn look like annually and how do you keep that low?
1: So revenue China's is actually so we see on an average if we aggregate all of the customers we see about twenty five to thirty five percent growth um, in underlying business each year. Um, so the if we were to stop all sales marketing everything today with the nine hundred customers that we have um, top line revenue um, would grow roughly 30% split
0: split that out for me though. So what you're telling me is net revenue retention is called 130%. Break that down though, into gross and expansion. So what's gross churn? And then obviously you're expanding by more than 20 or 30%. Uh,
1: gross churn is low. Like we look at it more on a a logo churn basis in terms of, um, sort of on the churn side, because sort of like these businesses go in cycles, so uh, they might have um sort of an up year, a down year, but the general kind of trajectory is growth. If we look at logo churn, we have sort of nine hundred customers today. Um and like we've lost in terms of actual churn, uh eight customers in seven years.
0: But by the way, losing, losing, a, losing eight customers that only do a million in AR is no big deal. Losing eight customers that do 15 million in AR is a much bigger deal. That's why I'm trying to, so why do you care about logo churn versus why not just only look at revenue churn since you're tied to revenue
1: 5%. So we, we look at both. It's important for us to look at both. And we look at the reasons behind the, the logo churn, the revenue churn piece um, is less of a concern because sort of we actually consider revenue churn is going to happen in two instances or three one we screw up, we do our job bad, our product isn 't great people don 't like it, they move away, mm-hmm. second is that the businesses fail, like they go out of business they decline sort of whatever but that 's almost that is almost a kind of sort of those customers are retained like not necessarily in customer success like those customers are sort of, it's out, of your, revenue, it's out of your control. Yeah, their revenue is retained in discovery of sales process. So, like, we want to work with companies where sort of the biggest like facet of these companies um, being successful we've seen is if their ambitions are aligned with ours. So, the company that is a million dollar ARR company today who wants to be a 10 million dollar ARR company. Like those are the customers that we want. Well, yeah, but Christian, come on, want-
0: like who who's ever going to say anything except what you do? Who's going to say I'm a million dollar company today and I have no interest in being a $10 million company.
1: Like, the, the well, I think the distinction is like the lifestyle businesses, the people who are happily running a lifestyle business and they're OK, okay. with it making a million, million bucks. Yeah. Like we don't we don't necessarily want those customers. We want sort of um, kind of people who have ambitions to grow a business and sort of. They're doing that by, by by creating value in a product. Like yeah. they're building a product that people want. They're not necessarily kind of doing some kind of arbitrage where they're buying, they're spending a hundred bucks on CPC. Christian, to just to be clear, these are your, most of your customers, customers though are SaaS customers, customers, correct? Those customers aren't interested.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I mean, even a million dollar flat SaaS business, if you're taking 5%, that's 50 grand a year for you in terms of ACV. I mean, even if they are flat and growing, that's still good revenue for you.
1: No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But like in terms of the outbound sales, if you think of like, and you know this, like if you think of all of the SaaS companies that exist in the world, yep. uh, and we have 900 of them, like sort of, we can afford, especially in an outbound sales process, we can afford to be reasonably picky about who we target. Of our course. Yeah. Otherwise we drown, we drown in leads. Of course. So yes, there's going to be a, pro- there's going to be a point at some point, hopefully, like where where the solution that we've provided is so ubiquitous among these software companies that like, yeah, we're going to lax the sort of, we're going to want the businesses who are going to do a million bucks a year and only going to do a million bucks. Yeah. You'll there. have and to, move, you'll have to move
0: downstream at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But- I, I don't mean to keep cutting you off, but we're running out of time and I want to get in uh, one or two other things here. Um, I assume you're still burning cash today, right? Cause you, you've raised so much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So burning cash. I mean, do you have casual positivity in your crosshairs or no? No, you're not. Okay. Good. Burning money, investing in growth. And then in terms of scale, what, can you give me a general sense in terms of AR, what you guys are at today?
1: Uh, we're just North of, uh, like 10 million,
0: 10 million. Okay, good. So that's healthy, right? So, so 10 million, uh, that would mean you're processing about 200 million bucks over the past 12 months. 5% of that is 10 million.
1: I'll leave you to do the maths. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I just want to make sure there's no other revenue models, right? It really is just that 5% plus no, no, 50 yeah. cent.
1: We don't charge professional services. We don't do any of that stuff.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Um, okay, very good. And then in terms of growth, so if you're at kind of pushing 10 million today, where were you exactly a year ago?
1: Uh, we've roughly 3X revenue every year.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. So what we'll call it kind of 270, 270 grand about a year ago, now doing 830, 840 grand uh, a month. Uh, that's healthy growth. And most of that growth is coming from expansion or new logos t- totally. Uh,
1: so, the, so we have, so the 30% like expansion, um, has remained true pretty much at least for the last three years. So the majority of the growth is coming from new revenue.
0: That's great. Congratulations. Very good. Um, any plans to raise additional capital?
1: Um, sort of, I think we're pretty well capitalized right now. Um, in the last like 12 months, we were just 20 million bucks of the 24 that we've raised. Um, so we're pretty well capitalized. Um, we're reasonably opportunistic about fundraising. It's sort of like when there's a business case, we don't like doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, maybe sometime next year
0: and payback period real quick. I I forgot. I skipped this. So like when you're getting out and going like going after a million dollar AR company, what are you willing to spend to get that customer?
1: We target internally payback of about five months.
0: That's actually very healthy for a funded company. I know most people are pushing 12 months, so that's nice. Uh, Very good. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, Hard thing about hard things.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: Uh, Jeff Bezos.
0: Number three, how many hours, or what's your favorite online tool besides your own?
1: Um, Zoom.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five. Christian, unhealthy, man. How do you do that?
1: I know. I know. It's crazy. I'll work on
0: it. What's your situation? You married, single kids, uh, single. Okay. No kids. No. Nope. Okay. And how old are you?
1: 24.
0: Yeah. See, there we go there there. Everyone listening <laughs> who's older than 24 is going, ah, that's the reason. <laughs> All right. And last question, what do you wish you knew four years ago when you were 20? focus guys focus is key launched paddle back many years ago and he was doing trying many different things a marketplace everything now really just all in on doing all these things critical for a SaaS company serving 900 customers that have processed over 200 million bucks in terms of transactions through him over the past 12 months taking about five percent of that so he's pushing about a 10 million dollar run rate today uh they've been about three xd over year they're burning cash but that's okay the economics look healthy net revenue retention 125 percent targeting a five-month payback period on new accounts 140 people in london again raised about 20 million bucks to fuel growth. Christian, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you very much.